After an accident, minutes matter. Your words and actions matter even more. You need help, and you need it now. This is David vs. Goliath, brought to you by Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers, a boutique firm with a reputation for going head-to-head -head with the insurance company giants and putting people over profits. Thanks for joining us. This is an episode from our back catalog, so the episode numbers and firm name may have changed. But this is quality information, so instead of scrapping them, we decided it was more important to make sure you still had access. Enjoy the episode, and listen to new episodes of David vs. Goliath at dolmanlaw.com. Welcome to the latest episode of the Sidley Dolman Guide Podcast. This is my new partner. Want to introduce our new partnership in the practice? Yeah, my name's Stan Geip. I've been on a couple of these podcasts in the past when we've discussed some different legal issues, but now our partnership's official. I'm coming on board, and we're going to be doing these podcasts more often on a weekly basis, hopefully. Stan's a board-certified civil trial lawyer. Yeah, which, so... What does that mean? That means you can call yourself an expert as a trial attorney basically, by the Florida Bar, right? That's it. You know, the big yeah. uh, the big benefit is I get to say I'm board certified. I get to call myself an expert, and not many attorneys get to do that. Uh, very few attorneys are actually board certified, mm -hmm. somewhere between 2 and 5% of us. And you have to get 15 trials under your belt before you can take the test. That's the stumbling part for most people because a lot of attorneys don't go to trial. And what does it mean to a law firm that actually takes cases like our like our firm and even over the years, when we take cases of trial on a regular basis, what does that do to the case? It's like anything else, okay? The insurance company is the bully. If you never punch the bully, you continue to get bullied, okay? Mm -hmm. If you're going to be the one that punches the bully, if you're the guy that's going to take them to the mat, you're not going to win every time. You're going to lose some of those fights. It's just going to happen. But when you win, you hit them so hard and they have to pay so much that they have to take you seriously on all they the claims. They have to pay a lot on the ones where they lose. Yes. Or, or the ones that they win, rather. It's, it's, it's Insurance companies hate one thing. I've always said this. It's just spending money. When you force them to spend money. You could be the world's worst trial lawyer. Not that you are. You're a good trial lawyer. But you could be the world's worst trial lawyer. He's still more effective than the 99 guys down the block who do not try cases. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what happens, you know, in this pre-suit phase, like before we get to the courthouse, a lot of things are, are done with actuaries or people that swim in this water, adjusters, people who do this for a living. When we get in the courthouse, you're talking six people and anything can happen. If you've got the guts to stand up there, try the case and ask the jury for the money, a lot of times they'll give it to you. A lot of times they give sure. you a lot more than you were thinking and, and sometimes you lose. But it's that dynamic. It's that way you present risk to the insurance company that makes them pay you. Yeah, insurance by its nature is risk management. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to trial, you don't present any risk. Correct. If you're an attorney that they know at the end of the day, you, you, you've got two choices. It's either accept the last offer or go to trial. Mm -hmm. If they know you're not going to trial, why do they care what the last offer is? Why do they need to make that last offer fair? They know you're going to take it. That's a scary proposition is there's a lot of lawyers in this town and just Florida in general and all throughout the country. It's the nature of the beast of personal injury that, you know, you, and you see these billboards in South Florida more often you see it over here mm -hmm. where this firm, I want to say the name of the firm, got me $430,000 and you, could, you know, they showed the settlement draft with a happy client, the lawyer hugging them. How much money did they leave on the table? And you know, I think we actually said this last night. I was talking to you in the car. We were on the way to dinner. Yeah. Um, and I said there, there's a difference between being billboard certified and real board certified Correct. attorney. Mm -hmm. 
anybody can buy a billboard. Anybody can throw something up there. And, and you're right. You know, it, it's just like anything else. If I told you, hey, I bought a car for $50,000. Can you tell me whether that was a good deal? I would just be wary of selecting a lawyer solely off of a billboard television commercial. A lot of it's fluff. You're seeing just a static image of a settlement amount. But what does that settlement amount tell you? How much money did it leave on the table? What could the case have been worth of a really solid trial lawyer or a firm that regularly litigates cases that has a reputation for taking cases to the mat? And we, there's so, so little you know when you see that. Yeah, and that's what I say. It's, it's information in a vacuum. It's nothing that really tells you anything about a case. You know, there are cases out there that may be worth $4 million and someone's holding up a sign saying, I got 250 Oh, they were happy for that day. They're happy for that week and probably that year. But once that money runs out, that's when the problems arise. That's when people tend to come back. And, you know, a lot of times with clients in their settlement, you've been kind of without for a couple of years. Sure. You need that car. You need these things. And there's a pressing need for the client. So they sometimes even want to consider these lower numbers hey, I, I know I'm supposed to get all this in the future. I know I'm entitled to all these things, but boy, I really need $50,000 today. And when I run into that situation, that's almost the most problematic because the insurance company benefits off its own situation. They have delayed this claim mm -hmm. for two years. They have created an, an extreme financial hardship for my client because they haven't been able to work. He hadn't been able to do these they things for two leverage. years. Yeah. And then we're going to dangle a carrot. We know this is worth 250000 but we'll give you fifty today. And you got someone who, who's desperate, who's behind on their rent, staying on someone else's couch, hasn't been able to work, and $50,000 seems like $10 million at that and point. Perhaps you have a law firm also that needs to settle so many cases a month to pay for the big advertising. You do have that. And that's something else that, you know, and I don't even want to say just to pay for big advertising. There are small firms out there that struggle. Well, you, of course, yeah. You never know how much that attorney needs the money. And, I'll, and you, as a, if you happen to be in a situation, you're sitting there, as a client, you can kind of tell, okay? If it's setting off your spidey sense or you're sitting there going, man, my attorney seems like a wimp or my attorney's not really got my, you're probably right. Because it, it's not as unusual as you think, don't it's, it's not. Attorneys making decisions for their own financial means rather than the client's best interest. It happens all too often. And don't hesitate to ask, hey, okay. if my future meds are this, why would I take such a small amount? Ask that question. The attorney should be able to explain it to you. A lot of times it may be, well, because there's a questionable aspect of the claim or this aspect's not really solid or the defense hasn't found out this yet, but once they get deeper into discovery, there's a sort of a, a time bomb sitting there. Sure. So there's a number of different factors that need to be taken into consideration. But if when you're talking to the attorney, mm -hmm. your feeling from talking to the attorney is, this guy's wimping out. This guy doesn't have the guts to do it. You may be right. While we're talking about um, puffery and you know, uh, advertising and hype, Let's talk about the elephant in the corner of the room, and I'm not taking any shots. Certainly do not want to get into a war with uh, John Morgan and Morgan and Morgan, okay? Brilliant marketer. They have some great trial lawyers. Um, is the advertising misleading, though, when they talk about you know what the settlement offer was and what the verdict or resolution of the case was? Are they showing us all the cases that they've handled that didn't go well? No, it's misleading. Uh, you got a few different things. I saw a 
a commercial last night, which I had not seen before, which was like, uh, it appeared to be that Morgan was making it look like a shady attorney was signing someone up in a hospital. It was really a, and I had the volume off on the TV, so I hadn't seen it before. I was like, what is this? And I saw Morgan and Morgan at the end. Okay. I don't want to bash Morgan and Morgan either. I know a lot of attorneys over there, but I can tell you, okay, going to Morgan and Morgan for an attorney is like going to the hospital for a doctor. Okay. How is that hospital, that doctor at the hospital? No, well, the answer is which one? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Morgan's got some fantastic attorneys. He's got Phenomenal. some top shelf attorneys. Of course. But not everyone is the same. Okay. When you're going over there, you don't know really what you're going to get. We, you know, which, you know, which piece are you getting out of that box of chocolates? You don't know whether you're I getting- think on a catastrophic injury claim, they're as good as anyone. I mean, they have some top shelf, top flight guys. I think Morgan is a brilliant marketer. There's no, no two ways about it. I guess I get offended more often. You know, one is there's no guarantee which attorney you're going to get. And there's a, there's a, let's say a huge disparity, but there's a disparity in talent in that firm among some of the, about some of the lawyers. More troubling is, uh, you know, the comments that he makes in his commercials, you know, he disparages lawyers that work for his firm. That there's often two sides of that story, but worse. And I know you're budding. You're ready to say something, but uh, he had a commercial recently where he called. You know, he says that these lawyers who claim to have been at trial but only did a portion of the trial. It's like being a bat boy in the 1927 Yankees. And you ever seen that one yet? Yeah. Well, John Morgan. When was the last time he picked a jury and tried a case? So, so, and I'm not holding myself out of the trial lawyer. I haven't tried a case in a while. I, this is now I run the firm, and I have trial lawyers like yourself. Not that I hired you. You are a partner in this firm. But our firm has always been a firm that actively takes cases of trial. And that's fine. John Morgan could say that. But he, what he says is, he makes that statement, but then how are you any different? You are, are you not writing the coattails of Keith Mitnick and all the guys that your firm are trying these cases? Or are you the trial lawyer? Well, what's interesting, and you know, I hear this anecdotally, so I don't want to throw this out as fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when I speak to some of the insurance adjusters, they say some of what you're saying, where when you show up to a Morgan trial, they'll have four attorneys in there. Mm-hmm. They'll have five attorneys for a relatively standard case. And someone told me that's because they have to have a certain number of trials to get their bonus each year. So they find anyone who's going to trial, and can I sit in and do a piece of this so I can check off the box that I participated in this trial and therefore get my bonus? I've heard that again. I also don't know if that's true or not. I mean, that's out there. Um, But what you see is there's there's four attorneys sitting in on their trials too, okay? everybody's first trial is typically not first chair. First chair is your lead attorney sitting mm-hmm. in there. Typically, that's the way you learn is being second chair to a really good attorney. And then you show up and you start picking that up and, and you move forward. But oftentimes, it's the individual sitting second chair, you know, we have a third attorney there, they're doing a lot of the bench briefs. They're doing a lot of the arguments, a lot of sidebar motions. They're doing plenty of work themselves. They're also preserving the case for appeal. I mean, it's not just the lead attorneys doing work on the case. A lot of times, they're the individuals who's taking half the expert depots that have worked the case up in line with the main trial attorney on the case. So to disparage all the lawyers out there who are claiming awards or claiming verdicts, John, you, how are you any different? It's, you're right. I mean, it, the that would be, I guess, if I was to say one thing and have a problem with this advertising, a lot of it doesn't center on how good he is. It centers on almost like an inference that he that the other attorneys in the area, other people you might call, call wouldn't provide nearly yeah, find another service. attorney better than me, hire them. Otherwise, yeah. go to Morgan and Morgan. Like, is Morgan and Morgan a good firm? Yeah. Would I refer cases there? Half. We refer to mass tort projects. I mean, they're they're a good firm. Yeah. I'm not gonna say anything special because it would be untrue. They have good lawyers there. The point is that are they better than some of the top guys out in Tampa, some of the biggest names that we know of? 
No, they're not better. Are they better than Florin Robic? Are they better than Steve Barnes? Are they better than Tom Hart? Like, they, no. Are they better than Sibley Dome and Gaip? I can tell you, no. Here's the here's the issue. What it, what it boils down to is when you go to a firm like ours, okay, and not mm-hmm. not to just not to make the comparison. You see me sitting here talking. You say, "Hey, that guy sounds intelligent. That guy, I like what he's got to say." I'm actually the guy that's going to be on your file. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not the guy you hear. I'm not paying. A, you know, we're not passing it off to some. You actually get those attorneys that you're hearing talk. You get the people whose names. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that, you know, if you call me during the day, you're going to get me on the phone. Um, all my clients get my cell phone number. They get the managing partner's number. Um, I don't know. Are you the managing partner? No, I, I don't even know. We haven't discussed that. They get my cell phone number. Are you going to get John Morgan on his cell phone at 8 o'clock at night to discuss your, you know, what he would consider to be a moderate case, not a humongous case, where every case is treated the same way at our office? We don't have... Tons of billboards. We have a couple of billboards. We don't have TV commercials, radio spots, ad nauseum where we can rely on that to get our next client. Our client's based on reviews and Google, based on word of mouth advertising. That's how I built up my business. I can't afford to, even the smallest cases are treated like they're big cases here because we can't afford to upset anybody. The Okay. The smallest case can be a big referral source. That's it. I mean, those some they have been some of my biggest referral sources. And let me tell you what, the smallest case, you kind of say that, okay, when you walk into an attorney's office and say, look, I got hit by the Coke truck, broke my neck, they got a million dollars in coverage, you as a client know every attorney's lining up for your claim. You don't really appreciate the fact that someone's willing to come in and oh, I'll, I'll effectuate this settlement for you. When you got that smaller claim, when someone's told you to pound sand and it's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's important to you. Okay. When they see an attorney that's willing to get involved, help them with that small claim, they're aware of what an attorney's time is worth. They're aware that, you know, that, that it's expensive. When they see you willing to devote that time and effort to the small claim, that almost means more to them. Sometimes you get a better review from the guy who you put three or $4,000 in his pocket than the guy who got the half million he was already expecting. Now, there's an art to the big cases. Some guys I consider, you know, they're known as damages lawyers. They're capable of taking a case worth, you know, a normal lawyer would settle for three, dollars $400,000. They can make it worth a million. Yeah. Um, those, that's an art to it. There's no two ways about it. But I call those cases low-hanging fruit because anybody could handle those cases. Some will do it better than others. No question about it. But the, it's not low-hanging fruit when you're looking at the moderate impact, maybe $2,000 in property damage. It's musculoligamentous, so it's muscles and ligaments that have been injured. No real huge disc injuries, not surgical. But this client's going to be dealing with pain for a long period of time. That's not the easy case to resolve. Those are the hardest ones. Those are, those are the battles, and those are the ones that lawyers are not lining up for. And uh, I don't think you're going to get the lawyer calling you back at 8 o'clock at night or returning your texting you or returning your cell phone call ever. You're never going to get these lawyers on the phone for the most part. A lot of times that's the case. Okay. And, and you find that at, at firms with a large, large client base, mm-hmm. it's tip, it, it's more difficult to get noticed as like anything else. You know, if, if you are in a classroom full of 150 kids, the teacher may not know your name. Okay, if you're in that classroom at 20, she probably knows what you like for lunch. Sure, of you know, and it's that's the difference when you when you're at the smaller firm. It doesn't mean necessarily there's some special thing we're going to do that they did other people don't know how to do. There's not you know special things like, but you're getting our attention. We're there. You know, you've got a competent attorney. You know who you're dealing with. Yeah, and bigger and, isn't always better. This isn't. I mean, we made the slogan last time. Might be our next billboard. Bigger. Isn't always better. Law firms is not the bedroom. I like that slogan, by the way. But well, I don't know if the Florida bar will, you know, care for it. But point is that 
being the bigger firm, if you have the resources that we have, we have a huge credit line, we're able to take on the biggest cases. What is a bigger firm going to be able to do that we cannot do ourselves? There's, there's nothing. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing because it's, it's when, and when the defense is looking at a firm as a plaintiff, okay, if you go there, you see Morgan and Morgan. Okay. When the defense looks at it, they see the actual attorney on the phone who may or may not be impressive. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's that individual attorney that's arguing your case. It's that individual attorney that's making the points for you to that adjuster. And it's not John Morgan. Okay. And it doesn't, no. you know, it doesn't have to be John Morgan, but it needs to be someone competent. It needs to be someone who, who's been through it, who's gone to trial and can say, okay, yeah, well, that's fine. We'll take you to trial and here's how it's going to go. You got to have some credibility when you say that. I agree. Any other comments you want to make about lawyer advertising? I mean, I'll go further saying, you know, like Jack Gordon, for instance, Manny Gordon, that's a good firm. Yep. They try cases. Jack's got a hell of a reputation in Tampa. I don't know him very well personally. I heard he's a good guy, but that's a guy who will take a case and go try it. And they have a good reputation. A lot of these law firms, and Morgan has a good reputation. They have good trial lawyers. A lot of law firms you see on these television commercials advertising ad nauseum. I mean, there's one that was actually, and I'm not going to say the names, but was called out in a newspaper article several years ago where John Morgan took shots. And it was a former Morgan employees that they were trying their first case about seven years into their firm. And the guy's father came down from Tallahassee to go try the case for them. This is, I would say, the norm. There's a lot of big, you know, I, I don't want to use the word settlement mill because that's a, you're generalizing. But and that maybe that firm is better than what they're made out to be in that article. That's what allegedly goes on there. Um, I can't speak from firsthand experience, but there are a number of firms that I know personally that advertise heavily that do not often take cases to trial, or if they take cases to the mat, it's a disproportionate amount, disproportionately low amount of cases as compared to the amount of cases they're signing up in a given year. And now I'm going to quote John Morgan, because this is one of the things he said, or it was either him or Keith Mitnick at a, at a, you know, group meeting we were at once. It's. Okay. And by the way, Keith Mitnick is with Morgan. That's yeah, he's one of Morgan. The nation's preeminent trial attorney. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. Go on. And, it, and, it, and he put it's very, very, very succinct and true, okay? If you don't try a certain number of your cases, that's essentially, in order for that to be the correct way to operate, in order for that to be an effective way to operate, you have to assume every one of those offers your insurance company made was fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and John Morgan himself, and I read everything he says, I, I couldn't say it better myself, said that in that article about those law firms. He said yeah. that, because they said they manage the cases so well, and the medical treatment is done so, you know, superfluous that they get the best settlement offers in all their cases. Well, insurance companies by nature are not fair. Yeah. They don't make fair settlement. You have to actually force them to make fair settlement offers by litigating cases regularly. Yeah, and, and that's it. You know, if you are sitting there going, hey, I get a fair settlement offer on every single one of my claims without filing suit... You don't know what a fair settlement offer is. That's what Morgan Bay essentially said in that. He said that it's not possible insurance companies by nature are not fair. It's impossible. It is. It's true. It, it's absolutely true. A firm like Morgan Morgan, they'll get decent offers on their pre-suit cases because they try so many cases in a given year. That's kind of the nature of how we operate here. Yeah. And that's, that's part of it. Okay. Part of it's knowing how to do it mm-hmm. and being able, being able to build the house, so to speak. Hey, I know, I know these plans like the back of my head. I can tell you exactly what I'm doing. Part of it's having done it before so that the person goes, not only does he know how to do it, he actually does it. He's willing to put in the work and the hours. Makes a big difference. If anyone knows an insurance adjuster, if anyone knows anybody who works in the insurance industry, they'll tell you, okay, the claims are handled very differently based on who's on the other side. Correct. I agree with everything you're saying. That, any, any closing thoughts, any other uh, information you want to put out there? 
Um, no, I think we're pretty good on this topic. You know, yeah. we're we're partnered up now, and obviously we're one of these smaller firms. Well, not one of the smaller firms in there. We're just not quite a Morgan and Morgan type big. Yeah, I would say for Clearwater, firm. a pretty a decent sized firm. I mean, there's not many firms that have uh, eight eight lawyers. Um, it's just not, it's not a volume shop. It's not a settlement mill. I mean, you're dealing with when you get a lawyer here, you that's your lawyer. That's your that's the attorney who you're meeting is going to handle your case all the way through, or at least as far as they can take it. And you're gonna have their cell phone number and you're gonna be able to get a hold of them. And I'll tell you what, it's the kind of service you'll appreciate if you've ever experienced something else. If you ever been to a firm where you couldn't get attention, you couldn't feel like you ever got the sort of the eyes on your case that it deserved, you'll definitely appreciate the attention you get from us. I take it as a compliment <laughs> because you just joined the firm and I love having you stand. I'm Matt Dolman. That wraps I was going to say it wraps up another episode of the Dolman Law Group podcast, but now it's the Sidley, as our first episode of the Sidley Dolman Guy podcast. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you all. This episode of David versus Goliath is over, but your journey is just getting started. To share your story with us, visit dolmanlaw.com. That's D O L M A N law.com or call 866 965 6242. The insights and views presented in David vs. Goliath are for general information purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. The information presented is not a substitute for consulting with an attorney, nor does tuning into this podcast constitute an attorney-client relationship of any kind. Any case result information provided on any portion of this podcast should not be understood as a promise of any particular result in a future case. Dolman Law Group. Big firm results. Small firm personal attention.